You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, you were actually going to get an episode I do already have recorded of Meeting Your Foe. Uh, you know, obviously, I recorded with the Locked On 49ers host, Brian Peacock. That was the plan to go here tonight. You know, I had some things to do. My daughter's graduating fifth grade tomorrow. Uh, you know, my wife is one of those committee moms, and she's got a bunch to do. But uh, thanks to some late afternoon activity, and it are, uh, are, I, I can't even believe, Pete, that we're even going to go down this rabbit hole of talking about this guy again already. Um, I thought these days were over, but uh, Mike Silver was able to... Uh, Toss a grenade or whatever, whatever, and just some nonsense. But, you know, look, we cover this team every day, and obviously this is the talk of the day, so we're going to get into it on your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, brought to you by Hotels.com. You know, you see posts on social media, people are getting away. Um, look, you know, don't get upset. Find a way to get away. Hotels.com will help you with that. Use them. Get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Uh, don't forget the folks over at Himalaya, uh, the podcasting app there. If you're looking for something new or a different podcasting app, Himalaya, available through Google, available through Apple. Uh, one of the advantages is, I always tell you, is, you know, they do give you the TiVo approach where you follow shows. Uh, follow podcasts, and they will start to maybe suggest stuff based off of what you like. Um, you're allowed to have daily interaction with um, with a show of your choice. If you'd like to comment on each episode or things of that nature, and obviously you know drop a review, you are allowed to do that with the Himalaya podcast app and their personally personally curated uh, curated playlists. Um, Pete Smith along for the ride here. Um, like I said, we were. I had plans differently this evening, but look, if, if something comes up and it seems maybe it takes precedence, and judging by the Twitter timeline and other stuff here, this is something you guys want to talk about. Um, we'll start. With, you know, look, there were two, and I guess we'll start with this one first. Uh, you know, with Mike Silver, uh, you know, talking about maybe there's already some sort of disconnect between Todd Monken and Freddie Kitchens, and the one thing, and I will say before we get into this, with the, anything that's coming out is. I'm not sure where Mike Silver's getting any information Cleveland Browns wise now right now. That's not possible, but you know, here we are. Uh Pete, the Monkin uh Freddie Kitchen situation, you know, tea on the uh, balls on the tee. Let's go. Um I, I this report to me is a nothing burger. Um because it, it it's it, cryptic and it's June. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things. First you could argue that it's it's way too early to say this, but the other part of this is if your if your complaint is saying that well Freddie Kitchens is running a bunch of office meetings, well he's going to be the guy calling the plays and he's the head coach, and it's largely his offense. Uh, so that makes sense. Um, against the uh, with their plan, and so I was, what do you think based on what? I'm doing? Basically, per, help me make sure I'm not you know I'm an idiot that I'm saying something, and you know that's. Not, you know, here's the offense, do it. And it never was going to be that. Like, that's that's part of the problem is I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what he's actually going to be doing. So the idea that there's somehow an issue, he's not running as many meetings or he's not as loud in those meetings, I I, I don't know. Because it, that, that, that doesn't, doesn't mean very much to me. It, if, uh, it, if he's in part having to learn 
what Freddie Kitchen's offense is, or Freddie, you know, knows his offense better than than Munkin does, he's going to be more comfortable teaching it. I mean, it's going to be coming out of him. So I, I don't see that being anything. Yeah, uh, and, and the thing is, look, it, and the one thing is, and part of why he's here, and I know I, I know you always use the term is, you know, the you know consigliere is, um, look, neither one of them have, you know, well, I mean, obviously, you know, Munkin, you know, outside of the NFL has been a head coach. Neither one of them an NFL head coach. So they are going to, you know, go through that, work through that, um, and you need somebody. And, look, there's going to be, you know, Freddie came into this team last year, just part of this organization, and when he took the job by November, he was in charge of the offense. That was it. He was. It was his show. So, uh, you know, with that being said, you know he's going to need somebody. And obviously, he got a really, really good guy um, because you know with, with Monk had serious opportunities to be a you know a head coach. Uh, you know, could have went somewhere else um, and done it in that venue. So it, it's interesting. With that, but um, and also the, the, there's the thing of the, there's two concepts which do on the most generic, I would say, Pete, and on the most basic of things do kind of are kind of similar, but there is the meshing in that, and but the other thing is is you know this is Freddie's gig and this is his first gig and he's going to have to treat it like his baby. Sure, and but I mean like. And there's no reason to do this. He can schedule to be an issue. But if for some reason, you know, Freddie has to go down to a defensive meeting or a special teams meeting, I have little doubt that he's he's comfortable handing over the, you know, uh, handing over the reins of that particular meeting or whatever to Munkin. Uh, But if he's available, I think he's largely going to run it. I mean, unless he's trying to like like there's some weird mind game to prove a point that he knows something. I don't, that just feels like trying to make something out of nothing for the sake of doing it. When you compare it to Mike Silver's boy, who basically didn't show up to shit when it came to offense, because uh, he just basically let Todd Haley do it. Uh, and then tried to scapegoat him. Yeah, tried to avoid any accountability until he, you know, said he was going to step in and take over, and then it just be- went from bad to worse. Um, so, to me, everything that's being mentioned, you know, report seems very normal to me. Uh, you know, if there if there's going to be a problem, you wouldn't see really anything until. Uh, unless it's you know it would be significantly bigger than some some horrible argument or difference of opinion that's like put real rift but you know this this just doesn't rise to a level of even you know that i again i think if you if you sort of contextualize what you what what munkin's going to do here it makes a lot of sense as to why you know what this would happen what what this would this dynamic would be here Exactly, and, and the other thing is, is nothing is going on yet. They haven't had anything that's even close to competitive. No pads have been on, so it's uh, and you have to consider the source here. And the other thing is, what is Mike Silver doing right now? He can't talk about Hugh Jackson because Hugh Jackson's not employed. So I mean, that is that 
that is the ridiculousness of, of what is going on with that situation. And you know, look, he's you know, I, I get it. They're friends, whatever it may be. It's but it, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And it, you know, we're talking like almost in the rear at this point. Just let it go. And I guess that'll bring us to you know, the other one. Um, and look, uh, if this did happen, and a couple of us did speak. Look, we get what you're doing, and you're trying to tell everybody, hey. You know, this is the way it's going to be, this, that, and the other thing. That's fantastic. But here is one thing. Um, Johnson's still here. And four years, 64 out of 64 games, Duke Johnson has been here week in, week out, shown up and done his gig. So, look, there's no reason to you know push the guy down because for now he is still here. So, you know, don't get involved in something, and there's always the one thing in the locker room. You, you really don't talk about each other. You don't talk about each other's money. You don't talk about each other's status with on the team. But, again, we don't know if these conversations happened because you cannot trust the source. Um, right. So I'm going the other way with this, purely from the standpoint of these stories are so nothing that I believe them. Um, I think – you know, this is trying, I mean, it may just simply so feels like it's trying to make something out of nothing. Uh, I 100% believe the veterans went to Baker Mayfield. And, and I hope they did. And I 100% believe that Baker Mayfield was receptive and open to listening to this. Uh, and that's because he's a young player still uh, learning some of these things. And particularly as it relates to, you know, the business side of this. Um, Baker Mayfield made a mistake. It's not the end of the world. He, it will not be his last, but it's something he will learn from. And I think if, I think even if you would have caught him, like, you know, almost immediately after it, I think he would have probably tried to restate it or say it differently because I I think he's, I, I have to think he sort of realized what he's doing wrong here. And, and you mentioned it, you, you don't want to get in the business of talking about other people's contractual situation or relationship to the organization and those things, because here's what happens. He become every time something happens then he has to provide an answer for it. So what's naturally going to happen? The, there are a number of contract situations coming up first uh, you still have to get Odell Beckham and uh, Olivier Vernon's restructured contracts done. They're not going to sit there for ne- you know no bonus money. Then next year, oh, I mean, and and you could talk about Demarius Randall, you could talk about Joe Schobert, but I mean, th- these are real issues that will come up and potentially disrupt things. Next year, you are going to have real questions about various contracts. Uh, in terms of are players going to stay here? Are they going to restructure? Are they going to do any number of other things? And so let's take an example. Jarvis Landry is being is talking to the organization about restructuring. He's he, he's they they decided he's not worth the contract he's getting, and they are deciding whether or not he's going to take a big enough pay cut for them, or if they're going to release him. Let's say for some other for some reason that stretches into camp. It shouldn't, but it's just an example. And then Baker has to answer this. Is he then going to turn around and say, well, you, you know, you're either on our team or you're not. No. And he shouldn't. 
the the correct answer and and and, and the reason I mentioned Landry is because he said it exactly right. In a radio interview he did for with the Ken Carmen show, is talking about basically supporting the player without really saying anything. Basically said, Duke's a friend of his. Uh, you know, they talk all the time. You know, the the team is here for him. Uh, that you know, if it all works out, he hopes uh, that Duke can be here. That's all you really can say. And anything else, either that or or just say no comment or you know, I'm not going to get into issues between player and the organization uh, because you don't want to get put yourself in this, this, this role. And the perfect example of this, of who you don't want to end up being is Ben fucking Roethlisberger who has become uh, a, a large source of the issue. The Steelers have had over the past several years is because he's looked at the owner's boy and a prop of the, of management and you do not want to get that. That was a huge issue for Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and some of those other guys. Is they felt like he was the owner's guy. He would, you know, say all the right things as far as the owner was concerned. The owner would always back him, and then he would say things that would sort of, you know, basically criticize them. And that is where the issue came up. And that's where this whole thing started, and that's where the gulf started developing between these, and it finally ended up in a series of ugly divorces. And you do not want to get there. And as it relates specifically to Drew Johnson, the last thing you want to do is say anything that questions his professionalism. You're playing professional sports. The assumption is that everybody out there is going to be a professional. And when it comes directly to Baker Mayfield, if Duke is on this team, he's probably going to want Duke to block for him again. And you don't want to have this thing hang out there. And it's not to suggest that Duke won't block. It's just you want to make sure that you are sending the message that you have the utmost confidence in him. And, And you can say something as simple as, look, as long as anyone is a member of the Cleveland Browns, we expect them to give everything everything they can to win. And with Duke Johnson, he's got four years of sweat equity, and he's always been that guy. So I wouldn't expect him to be anything less. I hope you know he's here, and if he's not, then I wish him the best and just move on from that standpoint. But again, this is not a big deal, but it was a misstep. And I fully believe these things happen, and I fully believe Baker Mayfield was receptive, and it's not a big deal. And I expect Baker Mayfield reached out to Duke Johnson. And I expect Duke Johnson basically said, don't worry about it. But it was more about letting the rest of the locker room know that this is it's not going to be a situation like this. And the other part is, last thing on this, is at some point, Baker Mayfield may have an issue with ownership or whatever that may maybe some minor hang up and you don't want to then have to have people coming side-eyeing you because you're saying something about player x and then you come back and not well now it's a big deal because it's you um so there's just a lot of precedence you want to avoid and it all comes down to don't talk about another player's business you know we talk about unwritten rules of baseball but it's unwritten (laughs) rules of, of any sport really is don't talk about other people's money or any of that stuff. And in this case, it's really not about money, but nevertheless, you don't want to put yourself in this position because then you can't get yourself out. And it, 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 it was, you know, it, look, and we, we, had, we've already said this, you know, Duke probably said too much and that's fine. 
that is what it is. But you can't counteract. This is the dude you've already gone to war with, and he's proven to you. And you know, I hope he can do his job. Whatever you know. And so what happens is when one guy gets out of line, the other guy gets out of line, and then you get which probably really between the two of them isn't an issue, but you can paint it as an issue. Um, for Mike Silver, this this could have been an accurate dart he played here, Pete. Um, we we have no validity whether or not it's true, but uh, I think in knowing you know getting to know a guy like Joel Batonio and obviously the way he speaks of J.C. Treader, they sat with Baker and said, "Look, man, until a guy is not here, let's not do that. All right, because he's here for now, and anytime we've asked him, to, he's been asked to do what he needs to do. He's done it, and." He is a very good blocker for whoever's hounding me on Twitter. And, yes, he is a better blocker than James White. I, I gave you proof, so stop hounding me on that stuff. And I do go back to this one where Freddie said, look, you know, he's going to do what's asked of him. He did it last year, and this kind of proves what me and Peter been saying. Last year, you signed Carlos Hyde. You drafted Nick Chubb. Okay, Duke, where am I within the standing of this organization? Hey, here's a contract extension. All right, that seemed kind of weird because he just brought in two running backs. So knowing Freddie, because he was position coach, I'm sure there were probably some meals or some talking, and Freddie said, look, you're here. You've got a contract extension. You know, if if these two schmucks ahead of me will let me get you in the game, I'm going to get you in the game. Um, and obviously, you know, he played pretty well once Freddie was given the keys and he was given some opportunities then. And I'm sure the same conversations. Look, Duke, we went through this last year. Yes, I understand we just brought in Kareem Hunt, but Kareem Hunt ain't going to play for eight games. I'm in charge. I value what you do. I know you can catch. I know you can do some things with you know as a traditional running back. I know I can trust you to block. You know, I know you're being put in a tough spot here, but if I'm here and you're here, don't worry about it. You got to roll with me. Uh, you, know, I like you as a player. I'm going to find a way to get you on the field. I'm going to find a way to get you the ball because I think you're good. And yes, I understand we brought in an Odell Beckham Jr. and all of a sudden, but look, there's going to be enough mouths to feed. Everybody's going to get some run. Look, there's going to be some games where you don't see as much, but there's going to be some games where maybe you see a little more. Just be patient. And look, and one thing is, if this is what you have to say pretty much to Baker at this point is maybe this is his first hiccup as your number one overall pick and potential franchise quarterback is that, you know, sometimes his aggressiveness in saying, I'm going to be there for everybody, and whenever anything's going to be mentioned, Cleveland Browns, you know, they, they can put the bullet on me. That's fine, but sometimes don't be dumb enough to put yourself, you know, in the way of said bullet. And you live, you learn, and sometimes some of these things come out of your mouth as a number one overall pick when you're making a boat ton crap of money and you don't realize about everybody else under you and how they make their money and you know how much work goes into it and it's you know it's not nearly as bountiful. Those are things you don't understand and maybe truly until you get yourself in a situation like this, Pete. Yeah, uh, like I said, it, it, the the only thing that makes this a big deal is the fact that you know people insist on on like every time you mention anything regarding this, it's just an opportunity to freaking crush Duke Johnson and make up shit that hasn't been done. Like I get people are saying, well, Duke Johnson won't stop talking. He has not said a thing since since the minicamp availability. And again, people pointing to freaking Luther Campbell's tweets as if that means anything. That guy's just a freaking blowhard who says shit. And he says shit whether it's about Duke Johnson or not. And none of it means anything. This is like, 
a step below uh, what's-his-face's wife, uh, that corner uh, uh, oh, Grimes, yeah. Grimes. It's like a step below that where it's even less useful than that, and that was always nothing. So, like, enough. Like, it, it just... Well, and the other thing is... not like. Well, I was just going to say, people are, are insist on, like, using this as an opportunity to, like, expose that they don't know shit about this dude and, you know, misrepresent everything. Like, it, it's – there's nothing there. Well, and the, the other thing for me is – I'm going to tell you right now – is uh, Duke's agency in camp, if they wanted to leak something and if they were going to put this out there, they're not using Mike Silver. You go to what is actually a strong source right now. You go to Justina Anderson. And you want to know what? That's where you funnel that information to. Nobody's using Mike Silver right now to create a spark. That is just crap. Uh, the folks over at Grip6. Uh, Grip6 belt. The goal is to literally make the best belt that has ever been made. Uh... You know, fathers, uncles, grandpas, and even moms and wives now as they do have a women's line. Ultra lightweight with no hulls, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable. Grip 6, again, is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. Grip 6 has a special offer for you all at grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E. Listen, when it comes to when it comes to sex, uh, we, we are in a battle for sexual survival, and Blue Chew is the, the the best tool you can add to your arsenal. And when you're thinking about Mike Silver talking about your team, you're going to need all the help you can get. Um, <laughs> Blue Chew is is the first chewable with the FDA approved active ingredient in, Vi- in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take it any time, day or night even on a full stomach, and when they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises, even when you've just read the last tweet from Mike Silver and you want to vomit. It'll help you get through it. And again, it's about consistency and always maintaining your A-game. So do the, do the, do the, do the spouse a solid, make her happy so she can make you happy. Uh, use the promo code LOCKDOWN. And we thanks, as always, to the good folks over at Blue Chew for their sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Uh, we got some listener questions to get into. and But, guys, look, it's sometimes stuff like this, and there's just so much more we can say by sitting down and recording than we can actually do through tweets, and it just gets so mundane. And, again, guys, just because the front office you know, may have changed their view on a player. It doesn't mean you have to. Not everything every front office and every major sports team does is the correct thing. And even this is where I got to today. And, Pete, this was the funniest one I had all day. Is Jeff, Jeff, is there anybody on the Browns you don't like? Are you kidding me? We're, we're usually vote, viewed as the most negative guys going. And now all of a sudden, because you know, I back a Joe Schobert, I back a Duke Johnson for guys who have done their jobs for the years they've been here. I'm viewed as now I love everybody. Come on, that uh, where you been? Where have you been? Because that has never been the case. Uh, so you know that was you know I, I definitely found some good chuckles to that one here. Um, let me see what this one. Uh, this is from Will uh, let me, uh, Will Kosover. I never understood why you need an OC. 
if they're not calling plays, if your head coach is an offensive-minded coach, organization of the offense is a cop-out. Go ahead, Pete. You cut off right when you started answering the question, asking the question. I only cut the very end of it. Okay. I never understood why you need an OC if your head coach is offensive-minded. If they're not calling plays, why would you need an offensive coordinator? The organization of the offense seems like a cop-out. Oh, well, again, like we, we talk about, first and foremost, uh, Freddie Kitchens is the head coach. So that comes with a lot of bullshit that you have to do just to uh, decisions that have to be made uh, and things you just have to knock out in order to even get to the football part. Beyond that, there are going to be situations where uh, Freddie Kitchens, whether it's during the game, during a practice or whatever – is going to want to talk to the defense or want to talk to special teams. And you want to have that other guy who can be talking, talking to the rest of those offensive guys to get their ducks in a row uh, and, and plan for the next drive or the next series or whatever you're, you, you know, whenever you don't have the ball, you are talking about what you're going to be doing or, or, or whatever. Uh, and again, it comes down to game plan and, and what are you going to do? So Freddie kitchens is trying to make sure that, uh, on, on some level, and you can say, well, they they need to trust these guys, and on some level you do, but you are the head coach, and it's ultimately your ass, so you need to know what's going on. On what's going on with Mike Prefer and the special teams? What is going on with Steve Wilkes and the defense? And while that's happening, you want to make sure you have a guy you trust that can handle those things and, and, and become you know be that source point where all that data goes. You don't want to have... Somebody has to take over that, you know, that when the head coach is doing something else, somebody has to be that focal point guy. And this becomes him. And so Munkin takes in all that information, organizes guys, sets the plan on what they need to do, all those things. I fully expect that there are situations where uh, Munkin is uh, coming up with practice scripts uh, in terms of what needs to be done, even if Freddie Kitchens is setting the overall practice schedule. Uh, there's just a lot of details and stuff, and it's one of those things where you it, it, you want to have as many uh, smart, good, qualified people in the building as you can. And there are a lot of teams that have an obscene amount of coaches. I mean, you look at a, a place like Alabama where they have, like, it seems like 20 assistants. Um, there are more than enough jobs to do. And, and certainly there are, are, are places and, and, and teams that may not feel like they need as many. But I, I think Freddie is a guy that understands that it's his his show and, and all that. Uh, but he does trust uh, his guys to do their jobs. I, I don't think he would have hired uh, the, them if he didn't. So there's a lot there. But look, take it from somebody who basically is has done Todd Munkin's job. There, there's definitely room for uh, that that room to to have those things and that's not to you know again people just coach high school no i mean it's literally that is basically the job i've had relative to our level in terms of what todd munkin is largely going to do he, he will probably he will do more than that but that is largely what what he's doing and there's plenty of room well and the other thing though is when you have a rookie head coach who went from you know freddie didn't go from you know the natural progression. He went from running back coach. Here you go. You're handed the offense because this situation was so freaking terrible. But and somehow through all of that was able to rise above the ashes and get this head coaching job. 
the first thing you do in his rookie year when he has the job he is now the head coach is you you enable him with really good coordinators um a year or two will this will this need to be the case if he hits no but he's you know and freddie's gonna have to as much as we love what he's doing now it's you're going to get into the season and and like pete said he's going to move around and uh and look at it this way guys we have no idea what's going on at kicker um we may have to have Freddie sitting over there with the special teams. Look, uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm going for two forever. We don't have a guy who can make a kick. Um, you know, and that's where if those are things Freddie's going to have to get involved in. It's not going to be a special teams. Is this, is this going to happen? I I know you're for it. Oh man, that'd be great. But these are decisions. But and you, Freddie may spend. You know, and he may not even realize it yet. But you know, he can go home at the end of the day and look at his wife and say. I can't believe I've just spent four days worried about kicker. And but these are things that happen when you go from being, you know, an assistant coach to now the head coach, and you know, the, you have to make sure that every detail is handled. Um, who's returning punts? Who's returning kicks? Things of that. He's going to need to sit with Steve Wilkes and say, "Well, look, you know, last year I didn't like the fact that Miles Garrett and Larry Ogunjobi played until the fact that we had to drag them off the field." Who who here's catching your eyes to make sure that I don't we're not gonna do that again? These guys are too valuable to have these guys with their hands on their hips in the mid third quarter of what could be a tight game against Pittsburgh, Baltimore, New England, the games that really matter. And you know, uh, you know, he's gonna have to go talk with his secondary coach. All right, what's going on here? Where is Greedy at in your eyes? All right, I'm gonna sit and watch. I want to watch five reps from Greedy today. I want to watch some one on ones with Greedy. Uh, you know, Denzel, are we moving him inside on some scenarios? Or are we not moving him inside some scenarios? There is so much more that goes along, and the best way to do that for a guy who is learning it for the first time is to make sure that he can say, all right, Todd, you got this? All right, because this is where you know I'm going to focus my attention for for the time being. And there's just so much more than I think people realize, and that's why you need established coordinators with a guy going through this the first time. Uh, Giovanni reviews with a couple of questions. Look, uh, I- I'm with Nathan Zagara. Um, I'll just say the name. We're not going to go any further. We're not going to talk about Kellen Winslow. The the A number one, he is no longer an NFL player. He is certainly not a Cleveland Brown. He was one. I, I, just it, everything about it in nature, disgusting. Just it, It's just not worth the time. Uh, I, di- I chose not to follow the trial. Um, and it's the whole thing just... Just terrible, and you know, here was a guy who had a nice road put in front of him. You know, obviously with his father and his NFL career. I don't know what happened. I, I don't know where it all went wrong, but you know, somehow CTE will probably come in here one something down the line. But nah, that, that guy ain't gonna get in a run here. That's just not gonna happen. Um, I do like this one though. Summertime's coming up here, Pete. Um, you know, obviously there's county fairs, whatever. Um, and because I said funnel some questions over, Giovanni. Uh, it seems Giovanni Raviz is a big fan of the funnel cake. Uh, whether it's, well, Pete, yeah, you don't really know so much about this, but Boardwalk obviously is big, da- you know, here in Jersey. But fairs, whatever. You're going to the fair. What, what do you want to eat, Pete? As far as fair food? Yes. Um, <laughs> Knowing you, probably nothing. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's plenty of disgusting stuff that, that tastes good. I mean, like elephant ears are, you know, delicious, but, you know, that's probably what I'd go with. Uh, for me, it's usually the uh, 
it's usually the the meat on the stick. I, I you know I like that you know London broil on a stick or whatever. And the thing is though is you're you know you're in that atmosphere. You can get bumped into. That's where the funnel cake becomes an issue. Unless you got a place to sit down, you can actually eat the thing. It's not that funnel cakes aren't good. They are. They're really good. Um, but you need to be able to protect whatever you're eating. So something on a plate is a little difficult. Something on a stick where you can kind of have your elbow out. So somebody bumps into you, getting somebody in the ribs. Anything on a stick is usually good in the uh, the fair atmosphere. Uh, all right, well, your other question, Giovanni, we got to, so that one we're good on. Um, and this is actually a funny one. You know, what fan base is most deserving of a championship? And uh, Pete, I like I like the approach you took here. And uh, back in your kids, this was a good one. Yeah, like Streetsboro. Um, no, I mean deserves is such a whatever um you know you can make an argument for cleveland you can make an argument for well formerly san diego i suppose you can still say san diego buffalo uh all those teams and like I, so i could give a shit so i'll say streetsboro and be you know selfish and say uh we deserve it uh and and you know we'll see how it goes but uh that's uh that's about it that's about the best answer i can come up with on on that uh, yeah, and look, I mean, if you're going to ask me for my favorite Ohio high school football team, yes, they will be the Streetsboro Rockets, correct, Pete, right? That's correct. That is correct. Uh, he sent me the hype video, and, uh, you know, Pete gets a little uh, you know shy about it at times, but uh, they got a running back there. kind of gives you a little bit of a uh, Derrick Henry flavor, and then I guess I would say Pete, your other running back, kind of gives me a little bit of a James James White flavor, a little Duke Johnson type of flavor, that type of thing. Uh, Pete's got a nice... Go ahead. Well... But one does love Derrick Henry. Uh, Chris do- Chris Riley Richardson does love Derrick Henry. Uh, Donnie uh, Washington Purdue is like six two and like two hundred pounds, so he's a long dude. Um, oh yeah, I mean they're both really really talented. Uh, uh, they're they're uh, you know working out this summer and doing some some college camp stuff. So. Uh, you know, hoping all the best for those guys as uh, they, they try to figure out what they're going to do after after they're done with high school a little bit or before we get grinding away. Okay, uh, folks, uh, guys, the uh, untuck it. Um, dads come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and so should their shirts. Like tall, short, slim, relaxed. Ever wonder why your father's uh, button-ups look so long and baggy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off a casual, untuck look that isn't sloppy. That's where Untuck It comes in. Untuck It is the solution that fits just right. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great, untucked, and feel comfortable at work or on the weekends, whatever the activities or whatever right, in your world or whatever realm that you know, your fathers are brought to. Uh, go ahead. Uh, no tucking, tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NFL to get 20% off. And we always thank the folks at Untuck It for their sponsorship of Locked On Browns. Like I said, guys, I've got a lot going on here, so we're going to make this one a little shorter. Um, but we got to the gist of what's going on. Pete, uh, we got to the listener questions. Pete, is anything league-wise we may have missed? Because I'll be honest, I was I was a very, very in and out today. There's rumbling about potentially uh, a Dak Prescott deal, but that's you know that's expected and probably franchise killing for the Dallas Cowboys. Other than that, I think I think everything's pretty much square. I think uh, Kenny Moore signed an extension with the Colts. Uh, he's a one slot the more under, yeah, one of the more underrated slot corners in the game. So they have they haven't released the financials lineup, but he's going to be the number one 
slot, paid slot corner in the league. Um, well, the thing with Dak is, would you rather keep everybody else and just go find another quarterback? <laughs> because yeah, you might not be able to keep everybody else. At the same point, I would also let Zeke go, which wouldn't, you know, I'd let him walk too, which wouldn't be popular. Um, the Saints have made a couple of really nice signings that are not going to get a lot of attention, but they're smart and they, they're, they're sort of the, the ones I think Browns fans are kind of waiting on, although different names. So the Saints got signed Kayvon Webster, who was one of the last sort of corners hanging out there that could be, really help a team. And then today they signed receiver Richard Matthews, uh, who's yep. been on a few teams, journeyman type guy. But uh, for a team like the Saints, I, th- I think he can get some run there and contribute. And look, you always find these guys, and it's, you know, and I know from the fantasy aspect, it's, you know, week 15, week 16, oh, the Saints put up 21, and you go there and you open it up, you're trying to find, and it's, you know, some tight end you've barely heard of or some fifth or sixth wide receiver, and, it, you know, it's usually killing your fantasy day, but you hopefully your fingers are crossed that nobody else picked the guy up. And but look, you put somebody with Drew Brees, you know, and especially if you're Rashard Matthews, what do you, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, you make the team, uh, you're not really in the pecking order, but you find a way to put together nine, ten receptions over the first three games for 110 yards, score a couple touchdowns. Ah, we'll move you for a third, fourth round pick, fifth, whatever, fifth, sixth, whatever. It's it's a good place to go, you know, basically juice back up your value. Um, the Chiefs made, you know, obviously cut some players today. I do want to mention uh, me. Obviously, I've, I've told you guys I played football at Monmouth University. Uh, Neil Sterling was cut by the Jets a couple days ago. He is now over to the Kansas City Chiefs. So I always love to see my Monmouth University, Monmouth University Hawks stay in the league. Uh, Neil's a good kid. Was a fantastic wide receiver down in the Jersey Shore area here. Got to college. Obviously, you know, found the weight room. You know, found the training table. Developed into a tight end in the NFL. Uh, wish him all the best with that there. Uh, Pete Brown's Maven. What's in the hopper? Uh, same, same plan. I mean, we keep, I keep popping out videos every day. Uh, I did one, uh, on, uh, Jermaine Whitehead, uh, and where I think he could actually end up playing and what that actually might do to another player that actually could be really intriguing, uh, down the road. If, if, if he can sort of, uh, if he can keep going on the, the way he's been going, make the team. Uh, so a lot of that stuff, keep rolling. I, you know, I'm not thirsty for these, you know, uh, contrived storylines. So uh, I, I'll, I'll touch on them uh, a little bit, but I'm, I'm trying to stick to stuff that actually matters or has a little more lasting power that isn't like that type of crap. And I think, you know, especially when the, the one, uh, the, the thing I did on the linebackers, uh, hit really well. So hopefully that that's an indication that people are, you know, have an appetite for that as opposed to this other stuff. And look, and here's the other thing, guys, do not forget. Um, people will are as much, you know, as big as the Browns have gotten, which is kind of weird that they're seven, eight and one after last year. And as big as the bravado has gotten for them going into the season, there's what is a good way to clickbait or get, you know, uh, is to do something negative. Um, and even that was even the thing with the whole Baker thing for Silver to say that. It was a way to get a shot in at Baker for Hugh. Um, that, that whole scenario with the, the Duke Johnson and the sitting with the veterans or whatever. And so, you know, sources and, you know, this is one they always consider the source. And, you know, there are people, you know, and, and Pete and I, if they say something, you know, if he sees it, he see, he, te- he messages to me, I message to him. There are certain ones that it's like, uh, you know, the eyebrow goes up. Hmm. 
Um, and there are many and many and many and many who don't. Oh, oh, Pete, by the way, we do want to thank our good buddy, Doug Farrar. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is, <laughs> article is actually a couple of days old, and I don't know why I just stumbled onto it. It's weird. For as big as Doug is, he's not huge on the promoting of his work. And it's you know, and I guess he's okay with that or whatever. But Doug does fantastic work. And if you guys do not know who Doug Doug Farrar is, he's been writing about football forever. And like for people to question him, um, he sits down with guys like Walter Jones, Hall of Famer from the Seattle Seahawks, and discusses offensive line play. So when Doug Farrar writes a piece or gives you his opinion, that is one to value. Yes. Yeah, they only I'll push back only so far as Andy Andy Benoit occasionally sits down with real players and still says a ton of dumb shit. So okay, well, uh, that. anyway, uh, Doug Farrar works at, at Touchdown Wire, which is part of the USA Today network. Obviously, Jeff Risden runs the Browns Wire, for example. He wrote an, he's writing articles on the top eleven players at various positions, and which I think was got, a Jeff Risden thing because he used to do the big board of like two hundred one, you know. And that's one thing is why these guys do it is because so many people try to copycat their work; they kind of go the extra mile. But God, uh, so you know, he did like safeties and corners, and then I, I stumbled on linebackers, and and his eleventh guy, Joe Schobert, uh, not just no linebackers, but linebacker in general. He's got him eleventh out of all of them. Uh, and, you know, he's got a lot a lot of good things that, you know, obviously we've been saying he's a really good player. And uh, there are guys who got paid a lot of money that didn't make that list. Uh, Quan Alexander was not on that list, for example. Uh, obviously, this past year he was injured. Um, but just uh, he's more highly – like pass coverage at that position is worth a hell of a lot more than people think it is. And uh, I, I continue to believe that, again, pending health, as with everybody else, I think he's going to have an outstanding year because of everything they've done around him. But, yeah, uh, so I, I would certainly advise checking that out. Uh, he's got a, uh, you know, he, he's not, he's, he's got, a, he, he thinks for himself. He's got his own opinion, and you, you can decide if you think that's credible or not, but I don't think it's uh, anyone can criticize him for lack of, uh lack of research or lack of uh, finding evidence for, for his arguments. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about that. And, you know, there's some people, oh, well, the run defense, run defense, run defense. Yes, I, I would concede to you on that front if we were talking about 1980s or 1990s football. The air is where it's at now, and it's not going back. The genie is out of the bottle. It's, you know, we're getting closer and closer to who can put 40 on the board first. That's where the coverage aspect of it comes in and you know i'll always say if joe's got a little bit more meat in front of him that'll keep him clean don't worry about the rest and you know whatever we're done there um but hey uh obviously uh thanks mike silver for kicking this one off here so we're able to get you this episode uh pete's work over at browns maven at browns maven on twitter uh at uh, brownsmaven.com check it out over there at underscore pete smith uh, for the show at Locked On Browns, as always, we always keep that a follow back account. Best way for you guys to com- be able to communicate back and forth stuff you want on the show, questions you have, and for a lot of you who just do not want to get into Twitter timeline discussions. And after an afternoon today, like like today, I can totally get it. I totally understand. And I've had some people, you know, DM me from a couple accounts. It seems like oh, we don't see much around here. No, it's, it's a cesspool right now. This is 
the worst time because most people who are talking football right now just either want to argue about it. There's nothing new. There's not really much substance to it. So that is part of that as well. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, throw a follow over there. Uh, again, guys, as always, uh, you know, iTunes rating reviews. That helps the show growth. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback today. You know, Obviously, last night, as much as it was a good discussion, uh, Nicole's just somebody... Pete and I like she's she, 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 good, good gal. She's a really good gal, um, and she understands. And I, I saw her getting a couple of discussions today, and I, I saw some people just stop tweeting at her. And the reason why is because you know, you know, there's some folks that still don't understand that maybe you know women can understand the game as well. well and it, what, I, what I would suggest for people is 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 if you did enjoy uh, what she brought, I, I would say please let her know. Um, because for whatever reason, I, you know, we, I've told her, Jeff has told her, we've told her collectively, she's really good at it. Um, that, so encourage her. So she does more of this stuff, obviously, you know, in the next six weeks, that's going to be a little more difficult, but, uh, she, uh, occasionally expresses an interest in doing more of this stuff and then sort of doubts herself. So let her know, uh, that, that you would like to hear more of her, whether that's here or anywhere else. Again, when she takes over the world, please also listen to our podcast too. But either way, let her know. Yeah, and that would be at Browns underscore Babe. Uh, but yeah, Nicole is, is, is first off, she's just good people, and no, but she, but she does know what she's talking about, and she understands, and she understands how to, you know, view things from different angles, and that is part of it. Is is some of you guys put so much into one thing, and just want to bury it there, and you know, she's able to, you know, view the whole picture and. We're not kidding anybody here, guys. She's a lawyer. She, she, it's not like she ain't smart. <laughs> She's very, very intelligent. And uh, and there are there is a, a a good conglomerate of you know you know uh, Browns fans, women who do some of this stuff, and they are excellent. And they are really good, and you know their voices should be heard. So go ahead and check all of them out. Um, obviously we've had a couple on here, and uh, plans to get a couple more on here. Uh, and God bless them. I mean, you know. Look with all, and as we say all the time, with all the access that everything is around right now, anybody can get better. It's not like most of this information isn't readily available. Some folks use choose choose to use it to their advantage. Some folks do not, and that's where you know you get good, you get great, and you get eh, so and so. Um, So as I get ready for. My second, fifth grade graduation one year in a row tomorrow. It's going to be a rough one tomorrow. Um, you guys all know the story of my daughter, Hope, and all she's been through. It's going to be a rough one tomorrow. I ain't going to lie, but I am truly looking forward to it. Um, she's been through so much in 11 years. It, it's going to be it's going to be a good moment tomorrow. Uh, with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.